So hi there and welcome back to another episode of the In the Saddle podcast. My name is Jesse Fidgen and I'm joined by the usual lineup of Chris Loader, Mark Ryhorsey and Paul Callahan. So lads, how are we? Um, thanks so much to Chris for taking over the hot seat for the past few, few weeks. Um, I swapped horses for camels as I was away in Dubai and uh, Chris was also away last week. So a nice little break. Um, so Chris, we'll start it with you off the back of winning the Betfair tipping competition. So tell us a bit um, about that and what can we expect with that from you? Yeah, well, it was a bit of a dramatic finish. Um, there was five of us, and I I'd been pretty average for the last few weeks. I'd had a couple of winner, or I had a winner a couple of each ways. I was kind of just hovering um, in profit. But um, Dan Overall, I feel sorry for him. He was he, he backed a, a couple of um, big price winners at, at the beginning of the competition, and uh, I knew going into the last week, I had to pull a rabbit out of a hat. I needed a a big price winner and um I, I saw a horse called Larry running at Ascot. He was running about fourteen to one, thought he was unlucky the last day. And I thought he had a chance of winning. He's always a horse that I know Gary Moore held in high regard. So I thought, you know what, we're gonna have to put a, a big number of points on him and he's gonna have to win if I'm gonna have any chance of uh catching Dan and uh, it was a bit of a nervy watch I'm not gonna lie he made a few mistakes early on and as he got um, into the race you know especially in the last uh, half the race he started to um, to make up ground past a few horses got a bit of luck in running as well uh, they went quite um, fast in that race and it just set up for him beautifully he was just watching um, a knife through butter and when he turned into the home straight, there was only going to be one outcome. And I'm pleased to say that, um, yeah, he was able to get and get up and get the job done. It was a good, it was a good effort by, um, by the horse and Jamie Moore and Gary Moore have been in great form. And yeah, it was, it was just good to, 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 to get uh, the winner there. And yeah, that means that uh, with that winner, I won the, the tipping uh, competition overall. Um, going to be teaming up with Betfair. Not sure how long, but, at least over the next couple of months, I think anyway, I'll be doing a weekly column, maybe a little bit more, giving a few tips at the weekend. And I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah, I think the first column should be live on Saturday and hopefully we can find some uh, winners for the punters. That's great to hear. Um, you'll be joining up alongside then Mark, who's also produced quite a few uh, Betfair blogs and stuff like that for Betfair. So uh, Mark, any uh, any tips for, for Chris as he, as he seems to take over the mantle? Be brave and bold. The uh, now be good to have Chris on board. I think he's underselling how well he did over the last couple of weeks because he backed a couple of seconds which, which were really unlucky and they traded well odds on. And obviously the guy who was second, like and let's see see how it is. He got sixteen to one about a horse. It was never that price, so you still won comfortably. So you won it in the end, Chris. So kudos to you. Um, I think it'd be a really good addition to betting dot betfair. Um. But yeah, I'm putting a column out tomorrow as well for Hexham. So we'll see if Chris can get a couple of winners as well on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be great to give them both a read and see how he's fair over the weekend. And maybe we'll uh, recap next week and see. We'll pit the two years against each other. The how best you, of bed, not bed fair boys. How would you price it up, Jesse? Loader versus me. I don't know. I don't have any favours, you see. Unlike you, like, do you know what I mean? I don't seem to stick to the favour. I'm more of a dark horse kind of... Uh, <laughs> kind of wonder, haven't I? That's where Paul Callahan comes in. <laughs> the outsider, well. How about you, Paul? How have you been? It's been a couple of weeks since we've heard from you last. 
Yeah, we had a had a bit of a rough couple of weeks. Um, my end, so unfortunately, I'm the the youngest of five. Um, and as you're you're all aware, uh, sadly, one of my brothers, Michael, passed away suddenly. Um, on Tuesday evening. So, um, yeah, I know it's it's hard to know what to say. That you know, may you rest in peace. And it was a, a bitter kind of a shock and and bitter blow to to everyone. Hard on on my other brothers and and my sister and of course my parents as well. Um, you know we miss them terribly and and we love them and as I said may may you rest in peace. It's very sad to hear, Paul. And you know we we pass on our condolences here. We in the uh, in the saddle and you know it's great to have you back though as well with us and uh, hopefully this weekend and stuff like that. We can continue on with with a good form here and stuff like that. And you know just keep on keeping on. That's all that you can do really in moments like this. Yeah, thanks very much. Appreciate that. And uh, like, yeah, that's it. Like the days, the days keep coming no matter what. So that's it. You're always very busy as well, especially with a lot coming up with the likes of Dundalk and stuff like that. How's uh, things looking for jump season for you? Yeah, Grant's just working, still working away. Um, I'm back at back at college as well, and things like that. So yeah, it's kept busy. Um, have a family, wife, and and two kids at home. So yeah, kept, they keep you on your toes anyway. Absolutely. Something to keep you going. Well, on that note, we will start off then. Um, as we've already mentioned with jump season, it's uh, already upon us. So we'll be looking at the six races for this Saturday, the 6th of November across Wincanton and Aintree. So the first race we'll be looking at is the 150 John Romans Park Holmes Rising Stars Novices Chase. It's a grade two race with six runners. So Paul, we'll kick off with you then. Um, who are you looking at in this race? I'm actually going to pass over to Mark. I think he's got word phone in this. I haven't had the time to look at a really good look at it. Mark, what you you said you fancy going in this area. Yeah, I've actually I've heard a word from one of my sources, but I solid each way selection here. Um you should probably take the additional place if you can get it as well. Quite keen on Brain Man's game. I can see Paul Callan laughing here. Uh, but in all honesty, I'm quite keen on uh, the jolly here, Brave Man's game. Uh, it's four to nine, best price available at the moment. I think this one's difficult to beat. Uh, I really like that run at Newcastle. And uh, Paul Nichols' yard's absolutely flying. So I think it looks pretty straightforward here. Um, Brave Man's game for me um, in first race covering. And I know Chris Loder is vermously opposing what I'm saying right here. I can see him shaking his head. What do you have to say about that, Chris? Yeah, well, obviously it's all uh, there on paper. I bet you got that tip. Uh, is, that, is that an exclusive from Paul Nichols' Betfair blog? Nah, it was it was from a better source than that. That can't disclose here. Right, okay, is that is that known as H? Oh, I'm H. Okay. Well, you might be coming back for the new series of Line of Duty. But anyway, yeah, uh, Brave Man's Gain. Obviously, he's um he is the right favourite on reputation. Anyway, that form looks good with Fusil Raffles going to win the Charlie Hill. He was in a receipt of a lot of weight that day, and I was actually looking on the race and post ratings and he was given a race and post rating of 149 and Mick Pastor his stable mate has actually achieved um a race and post rating of 153 and I think he's actually been more impressive than Brave Man Game was on his chasing debut arguably you're gonna you'll probably say that Brave Man's Game he, he's got more improvement to come and he couldn't have done any more than what he did at New, New Abbott but I don't know I I, I just thought he looked I don't know. To me, I don't think he's a fast horse. I just think he's a, a strong traveller. 
that if it comes to a fight with one of these, I'm, I'm not sure if um, if, he, if he has the battle hardness. Just the way that Bob Ollinger travelled over him um, at Cheltenham, I don't know. I just, just something about him that just makes me want to oppose him um, in this race. I, I do think there are a few alternatives to getting beat. Mick Pastor is the one horse that I do think could be a, a grade one horse in time. I'm surprised that Paul Nichols didn't go for the Howden Gold Cup earlier in the week with this. He won at Exeter the time before, beating a good horse of Tom Lacey's, giving it £5, beat it by 20 lengths. Um, and he looked to have the, the world at his hand. He's really improved since going over a fence, McPastor. He always had a high reputation. I just think it's interesting that Paul Nichols has decided to go this route with him. He won it with Modus for these connections a couple of years ago. Um, Captain Tomcat as well, he's an interesting contender of bouncing back to form. Galileo as well is no mug. Obviously, they've got a vastly improved to beat Brave Man's game. But I just, I don't know, there's just something niggling in the back of my head here that he's a bit too short. And I think he could get uh, turned over, despite the yard being in terrific form. They had three winners at Newbury today. And yeah, I'm, I, just, I just think if you wanted to stick him in a double or a treble... He's one that I would avoid. I just think that there, there could be a boil over here, and I'd probably go for Mick Pasta to, to get the job done. Chris, with lots to say about Brave Man's game there. Hopefully, you've still got a little bit of airtime for Paul Callahan. Oh, I can't really see past Brave Man's game. I thought he was good. On, he got the job done on, on seasonal reappearance, um, and I think the prices at the minute reflect that. Um, I can't see. I think he's, he's the one they all have to beat. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and it looks like you and Mark are going for um the same with Brave Man's game. And then we have Chris going with uh, Mick Pastor just to change it up a little bit. So from then, we're going to move on to the 225, which is a Richard Barber Memorial Mayor's Handicap Hurdle with 11 runners. Mark, how about you? Who are you looking at in this one? I'm keen on uh, Rose of Arcadia. I think this one's well handicapped. Put this one up uh, last time out when I was on RPL. I think it was a bit disappointing, got smashed in the bang. I just think, yeah, with the Tizard yard, they're coming back to form now. And I think there's going to be a lot of horses well handicapped within this yard. I think the uh, I think the five to one available is quite big right now. It's about 11 to two available. Um, I think she's pretty, she could be pretty smart. I think she's better than one, 119. I think she could be a 130 plus. Um, I think she's going to be difficult to be here. And what do you have to say about that then, Paul? I think, no, I agree. I definitely had, had a look at that one. And I agree. I think the, the Tizard horses are in terrific form. And you find I think the same thing happened with uh, with Rose and, and Tony Dobbins' horses a, a couple of seasons back. They had a dreadful season or so. And then when at the kick started the, the following the new season, they banged in uh, plenty of winners. There was a lot of horses that were that were quite well handicapped. And it could be the, the exact same situation here. You know, Tizard's had a... You know, they had a very quiet time but last year. There was obviously something wrong in the yard, um, be it virus or, or whatnot. The horses just weren't firing. They've seemed to have hit the ground running. Definitely they've, they've enjoyed more success this time around. So I wouldn't put anyone off having a, a, a couple of quid on, on Rose of Arcadia. But one at a, at a bit of a price, and I think, who can outrun her odds is Belle de Manette. Not quite sure of the pronunciation, but Anthony Honeyball's charge. Rex Dingle takes them out. Manetch ran well to finish fourth on her seasonal reappearance over two miles up in Canton last season. That was a mare's maiden hurdle. She was well beaten when finishing fourth to five when last seen at Fontwell in March of this year. 
This is, of course, starts as having a wind up procedure and she also wears the tongue tie. And I sometimes will tread with caution on that. When a horse is wearing the tongue tie with the um, having had a wind procedure, it may indicate that possibly the horses are, are still making a, a bit of a noise or what when they come under pressure at home. But time will tell. We'll be soon the wiser shortly after 2.25 on Saturday afternoon. She's a course winner over two miles. I think if the wind was catching her, the step up and trip should suit that if there is something that's maybe not that serious as they'll go a stride slower. So if it is a case that maybe she's holding her breath or whatnot, if they go that stride slower, which might help her relax and just get into the to the race. And I think she's worth taking a, a chance on here, which she's a handy way to 10 stone four. She's around about the 14 to one mark. And I think I wouldn't put anyone off having a, a couple of quid each way or a small wager on Belle de Manetch for uh, Anthony Honeyball and Rex Dingle. Yeah, definitely one to think of in a multiple perhaps. Um, how about you, Chris? Yeah, I think there's quite a few in here that you can give chances to. I think the favourite, Under Selenier, um, I think that one has a good chance. That that form of Ludlow, I think that was actually quite a good mare's race. Um, the form doesn't look too bad. I know I put up the horse that came out of that race called Sacre-Cœur uh, at Bangor MD last week. He was very unlucky not to win. Uh, came with a wet sail and finished second. So that, that doesn't look bad form, but probably a little bit too short for, for me. I, I was quite sweet here in the chances of Win House for Tom Cannon and Alan King. The, the key to this horse, I think, is the ground. It's going to be on um, the good side. It'll be good ground. We're not expecting any rain. I believe they're having to water possibly at Wind Canton as well. This horse has got a very good record for Ash. He's won uh, twice off um, long absences, coming back from a break on her seasonal reappearances. Uh, 122, I think, is definitely a fair... Uh, mark of her ability she was tried in some decent races uh, last year Alan King as well he does really well with his mares um, and the yard have gone very well they had a nice uh, mare that won today called Nina the Terrier who's quite weak in the betting actually before the off um, and she did really assert well in the closing stages I think she's going to be a mare to follow um, he also as well had another winner today uh, called Heart of a Lion uh, who was coming off a break on his chase debut I just think the yard have gone very well at the moment there's plenty of ticks in the boxes for this one. I just think at six to one, I think she's a great each way bet, and I think she'll go very close. So, win house for me. Yeah, definitely. So, we're looking at win house for Chris, for Rose of Arcadia, for Mark, and for Paul Bell de Manich. Chris also gave a little bit of a shout out there to Undela Seigneur. Safe to say that none of us are fluent in French. Um, so we'll see how that bears out on Saturday. Moving on now to the 3 p.m., the 60th Badger Beer Handicap Chase. It's a listed race with 15 runners. Uh, Chris, how would you like to kick this one off? Yeah, again, quite a few you can give chances here to Captain Order at the top of the market. Obviously, has got that form of Royal Pagel last year who ended up running it in the, the Cheltenham Gold Cup. I don't know, it was a bit of a lacklustre returning. Might strip fitter, but not for me. Um, I've just come down on the side here of Highland Hunter for Harry Cobden and Paul Nichols. I was looking through this um, horse's form and it's actually really good. He's just one of those horses that have never maybe been one of the sexier types for, from from the Nichols yard. But his fifth in the Midlands National reads really well. Um, he's got some good form. He can go well fresh. Another good piece of form I found from him was in a, in a handicap hurdle at Musselburgh last year. Um, you just got the better of uh, Scottish Grand National winner Mighty Thunder, and um, Mighty Thunder uh, won the Scottish National off a mark of one four four, which is one pound higher than what Highland Hunter is running off now. So you, through that li- line of form, obviously you have to go quite way back. But Highland Hunter, what I'm trying to say is 
he's been running in good races and been churning out good results. Nichols as well, it's his local track. He's won this, um, the likes of Present Man. Um, also, as well, there was a horse, um, Give Me a Copper, uh, that was part of Alex Ferguson uh, in the ownership there. He he won this race when landing the gamble a couple of years ago. I just think Highland Hunt now, I do, I do think this has probably been been the target for him. I, I, I do think of all the gin joints is interesting and first time blinkers, but has it all to do? Irish Prophecy. I would have been over him, but I just think he could be a little bit high in the weights now. But uh, when putting everything into the melting pot, I just came out of Highland Hunt. And I thought he was really solid and would probably go very close. Notice. And over to you, Paul. I quite like Hurricane Harvey here for Fergal O'Brien and Paddy Brennan, who's having a second start since having a win procedure. Also wears the tongue tight. Has the benefit of having a run this season. Had a run over... Seasonal reappearance was at Chepstow over two miles, three furlongs. And just in the kill, I'd imagine this could have been a longer term project from maybe halfway through the summer. Um, there's very little miles on the clock. And what is his career start number 14? He's a, He won a four-runner grade two novice chase at Doncaster last season. You'd imagine there should be more to come. And Hurricane Harvey is, I think he's still a bit of value around about the 13 to 2 mark. Yeah, currently sitting at six to one on the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, how about you, Mark? Who I'm are you excited with here? Oh, on the Betfair Sportsbook. It's just a sportsbook. It doesn't say the exchange. It doesn't like that word. Anyway. Oh, do you not like it? No, I don't oh, that. doesn't like that word exchange. Doesn't like oh, it. Oh, it's like a trigger word. That's a French um, word. And I like to see that word in, in Boyle's headquarters. Oh, oh, fair. All the alarms are going off now outside. Yeah. <laughs> I have to disagree with, with Callan here. I mean, I think Hurricane Harvey's a place league. I mean, I, I hated that, that run last time out. I, I think it was a chip, so I was well beaten. Um, I think struggle of one three six here. I think this is a place league. You know, I can see six to one. If you can lay this around even money, five to four, but you fill your boots. But for uh, for win purposes, I'm quite keen on another Tizard on our storm home. I think yeah. And I like the seven pound claim of this Harry Kimber. I think he's he's I'm quite impressed by him. It, obviously, it takes quite a lot to impress me, but he's definitely caught my eye. I think this one can be competitive of, of 138 with the seven pound claim. I probably keep stakes to a minimum here, but I think the way I'm going to play this, I'll be back in Storm Home winning place, and I'll be place laying Hurricane Harvey for a decent bet. Or Paul can't get a minute from Mark, so he can't. <laughs> so that is Mark with Storm Home, Place Lane, Hurricane Harvey, which is Paul's uh, choice, and Chris with Highland Hunter. So heading over to the last um, race that we have at Wing Canton, which is the 335 Unibet Elite Hurdle. It's a grade two race with seven runners. Paul, we'll kick off with you. Yeah, probably not a race, not a race I'd be overly excited about getting involved with. Um, I'd probably just come down on the side of the Allen King train. So Royal, who won this last year, He's the highest rated in the field off 158. He looks as good as ever with his Kempton victory last time out, which was a seasonal reappearance. And I think his favourite at the minute, he, he should take. I'd imagine. I, I'd, I find him hard to oppose. Mark, who are you fancying in this one? Are we going for a favourite? Well, um, what am I fancying here? I think, uh, right, let me have a look at the horses. I think um, Paul Callahan's bang on the money. So Royal, I think, looks difficult to beat. And if there's a horse in this race that me and Chris Loda and Paul, we've, we've opposed this horse, this Goshan, so many times. This this horse is an absolute cash machine for layers. This horse, lay it, win, place. This horse, like, go. I don't want to talk about Cheltenham, but Cheltenham 
this thing went off even money in the champion hurdle for a place. This horse is an absolute monkey. I actually felt guilty laying this horse at even money. These punters had absolutely no chance. They got absolutely rinsed at Cheltenham. It was over halfway around. But anyway, back on this race. Place lay. Two places, three places, four places. Maximum all places. Gosha. Nine and four is incredible. I, I can't even believe what I'm seeing right now. Um, lay this thing all day. It's an absolute monkey. Lay it. Apologies to any Jamie or Gary Moore fans that might be listening to this as Mark just absolutely tore into them. <laughs> tell them to pick it up so that more money comes through so we can lay more. Absolutely. What about you, Chris? Yeah. Um, obviously, Sir Royale, he is the most likely winner. Five Chris, before you say this, before you say something silly, right? Remember what happened to Cheltenham when you changed your mind? I'm not about to say anything silly about Goshen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about my opinion on Goshen. Um, but Sorreal is the most likely winner of this race. There's no doubt about it. He's five to four. Do I think that's value? Probably not, actually. Um, it's not really a race that I would want to get stuck into from a betting perspective, even though Mark is 100% right about laying Goshen. This is the scene, obviously, of the glimmer that he did show last year when, obviously, he had been not showing the right signs. He had been flopping in his races. This is everything he wants except the ground. If this came up a bog, then I, I, I wouldn't recommend anyone to play Slayton because he, he wants ideally testing ground. He wants a right-handed track. Thought the run at Punchestown was a little bit better, but he he does have it all to do. And and But you have to say the more team, they have been in good form. Um I just, I just think I wouldn't touch Goshen either way. That's my advice. On good ground, on good ground here, Chris. Like this horse can't be trusted in nine four. I, I completely buy what you're saying. I, I get the argument to oppose him, but I'm not. But, but we know he's got that one. That it could be one in a year performance. And I say this is the return to when he, when he, when he proved us all wrong on one particular occasion with the Moor Yard. In absolutely flying form. The song for someone didn't turn up that day either. No, he didn't turn up for that day. But what I'm saying is, you can't. I, I if if you're going to take him on and and, and having a, a place let him, I wouldn't put you off. But from my perspective, I w- I wouldn't because this horse is when you want to be against him, he normally delivers. In my opinion, that he's always I can't get right. So I'm staying clear of Goshen. However, I will give a positive mention for a horse that is a very intriguing runner in here. Sole pretender for Norman Lee and Harry Cobden. Now Norman Lee is based over in Ireland. I've never even heard of this trainer before. Um, but it's interesting that he's running um at Wincanton here. Um, this horse does like to be ridden prominently. He likes good ground. Um, you want to be handy at Wind Cannon. Not too many horses, when the ground is like this, come off the pace. You have to be ridden forward. Um, that will suit Goshen because we know he, he will be ridden forward. But this sole pretender would be interesting to see if he might ruffle up Goshen. And that might help So Royale pick up the pieces if he isn't got uh, if he isn't too far back. But I just think there's a couple of interesting runners in there. And so pretender, you I mean you're getting 17 to 2. I think maybe if you wanted without the favourite with, with So Royal, I think he could be a little bit of value. Belfast Banter needs a strong pace, uh, even though he is a grade one winner. 
I, I, I don't know. Christopher Wood, probably not. I, I think if Goshen is the flop, Sole Pretender could be the one in the without market. So, so Royale, the most likely winner, but a positive mention for Sole Pretender. Yep, so that's the lads all in agreement with Sol Royale, then the favourite in the market at the moment, with a special mention from Chris for Sol Pretender and a lay all day for Goshen from Mark. So now we're going to switch over to Aintree, which we are focused on two races, the first being the 215. It's the Betway Grand Sefton Handicap Chase with 14 runners. Mark, how about you uh, take the lead on this one? Yeah, just uh, bear with me, right? So we're on Aintree now. Who do I fancy here on my notes? Yeah, I've got another... Um, Another place lay here. I don't. I think I'm being a bit, a bit negative here. It's not like me, but um, my favourite jockey's on a horse here. Chris Logan knows exactly what I'm going to say next. Right, this uh, this cat tiger, Mister David Maxwell. He is another cash machine. You have to be place laying this horse nine to two right now. Place lay this all day. I mean, he's not a good jockey. Let's see how it is. He puts a stone on the horse's back, in my opinion. Cleaned up to date, Newbury, two of his mounts. He's no good. Um, nine to two. I mean, that, this is incredible. You can lay this at odds on in the place market. Four, five, six, whatever you can fill your boots. And he's up against professional jockeys here in a top race. Can win. Sorry. There's no escaping one. Roy Horsky's at the door. I'm telling you that. How about you, Chris? Who are you looking at here? Yeah, it's an intriguing race. I think this race has been moved slightly earlier this year. Paul might be able to tell us because he actually rode over the national fences. But um, yeah, interesting race. Time to get up is probably the one that everybody's looking at. This could be potentially the Grand National horse from the JP McManus Yard this year. Won the Midlands National. Might be a little bit on the sharp side for this one. Um, Four to one. Would I want to back him first time out? Probably not. I think he might need the run. Senior Citizen was impressive last time out, but this is a better race. Um, the one I came down on was a complete left field selection. Not really a betting race at all for me, but I just think Via Della Rosa for David Noonan and David Pipe is an interesting one. Now, David Pipe's team haven't been in the greatest of form, it's fair to say. They're, they're, they are struggling for winners at the moment, but this, this horse does intrigue me because he's going to be making his British debuts a French uh, horse and he's not been racing at the best courses in France he was he was riding at Le Sable de Lonne, which I've been to on holiday before and it's, I didn't even know they had a racetrack there so it's not even in like the top 10 of French race courses and it's just interesting these connections have been to France before and have done quite well with what they've brought and it's just interesting that he's coming over here I think sometimes some the, the French um, the, the style of racing out there especially with some of the jumps some of the courses aren't too dissimilar to the national courses. And it's interesting, I say, they, they've brought this horse. I don't know if there's a long-term project with him whatsoever. He's been given a mark of 132. You've probably got to say that is on the high side. But I just thought he was a really interesting runner. One to keep on side with. David Pike does well with his runners as well, normally over the national fences. He's had the likes of Vion uh, uh, Rouge uh, over the years. Um, you might see him again sometime soon. But yeah... I just thought it was not a particularly appealing race, but I just thought he was maybe one to keep an eye on in the race, maybe for the notebook moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Nice juicy odds there, 20 to 1 currently um, on Betfair as well. Paul, who are you looking at for the 2.15 at Aintree? Chris gave a little nod to back in your jockey days, so he did there. Yeah, finished fifth over these in 2007. Um, 
was still in third actually at the elbow and only got chin for third. Um, I'd say about in the last fifty yards or so, finished ended up finishing fifth. I think about a length, two quarters of a length separated the third to the fifth. The first two were like the Scott's Gray one. It was the Fox Hunters back in 07. but uh, yeah, I got a serious spin and. I think on that note, horses for courses. I do like the horse, and horses can can really light up around these fences. I do like a horse that has course form, and it's open enough. I think this, um, you know, at the top of the market time you get up as a rating of one four four was a good winner of his last two starts. Has only had four starts over fences, so it wants to be, you know, there's not a huge amount of entries, but you'd imagine it's going to be fairly fast over the first two or three. The chair is the third fence. You know, time to get up wouldn't have a huge amount of experience. Uh, he's obviously going to be well schooled, but it's, there's going to be a lot of hustle and bustle over the first three. Generally, they'll, they'll settle down when they pass the water. But um, I just think at a price, Christian Williams' horse is, is interesting. I think five star getaway on what is only his start, seven start over fences, has had two starts in point of points, which should be of benefit in this 215 contest in the Grand Sefton. But at a bit of a price. There's five places if you're having an each-way bet. And I'm looking down the bottom, Sam Twist and Davis, Dr. Richard, the good Dr. Richard Newland, and Al Rock, who was last of eight over hurdles at Warwick last time out. He finished fifth of five finishers the time before. That was over fences at Taunton. But he has a bit of form in his native France. And these fences might just spark a, a bit of revival. And if they do, I think he's worth a, a small each way wager at thirty three to one. Yeah, absolutely. A little another little French fancy for us there for this one. Um so that is Paul with five star getaway getaway and Al Rock, um, both nice each way bets. Uh we've got Chris with uh, Via Della Rosa and Mark with Cat Tiger as a lay. So moving on to the very last race that we'll be looking at um, for this weekend's racing at Aintree it is the three twenty Betway hurdle with six runners. Chris, we will start off with you again. I mean, this is quite a good race. Um, a few interesting contenders, a few on retreat, um, on um, trying to get their careers back on track. Uh, I think I'd just about side with Wild About Oscar, who is probably, you have to say, one of the least exposed types in here. Did good things for Harry Skelton and Dan Skelton last year. I think he's a horse that potentially... The time to catch him would be fresh. I, I imagine the plan with him could be maybe a county hurdle. You heard it here first. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think he he he's got a, a good chance in this race. I think um, that they'll what they'll try and do they'll campaign him over this longer trip and then they'll drop him back in trip maybe to two miles um, later on in the year um, for the county hurdle potentially. Yeah, he won over this course and distance before. Likes the ground. I just think he's the one I'll go with, but it's not particularly an appealing bet and proposition race. Probably just wild about Oscar. Who are you looking at in this one, Mark? I did look at Chris's selection, wild about Oscar. So he had a bit, bit to find. Um, it's unexposed. I actually went with um, looking at some of the old timers in this race. Quite keen on uh, listening to our Oscar, the son of a boy. I think it's it is quite trappy. Um, I think this market could look very different. Um, come Saturday, I think Dutch and these two around four to one and eight to one against against the field could be value. I think Bruin Storm's pretty short at fifteen to eight right now. 
And I could see that one drifting around five to two. I could see the money coming for Weldabout Oscar. Um, a little plug for your uh, your friend's fancy as well. Not one of them in ages. Um, getting the urge right now. Good job, Jesse. But yeah, back to the racing. Son of a boy, listen to God Oscar for me here against the field. And Polly in the green twider, the lads, are you going for somebody outside of that? You're on mute, Paul. You're giving us all your best content on mute. It, uh, it's not like I'm going for all the outsiders and then one in the blue moon pops up and you're going, ah, oh, I told you so. But I think Martello Sky is worth a, certainly worth a second look here for Lucy Wadham and Adrian Heskin. She's four from five over hurdles. She's versatile as far as the going is concerned. She's one on good and she's one on soft grounds. She's versatile as far as tactics are concerned as well. She can go forward. She can be held up. She seems a pretty straightforward mare, and I think she could well outrun her odds of 10 to 1. Yeah, definitely nice odds that you're looking at here tonight, Paul. So that's Paul with Martello Sky, Chris with Waldabout Oscar, and Mark with Lisnagar Oscar with Somerville Boy. Um, on top of that, boys, any other business um, outside of that? Have you got any bets outside of what we've covered? Any cheeky little hints here or there? I know that you guys on your social platforms, um, also for any listeners over the weekend, will definitely be updating us. So make sure to follow the guys on the likes of Twitter um, and uh, YouTube for Chris. So have you got any other little outside little numbers that you want to give us? Yeah, I've got a couple I, I can give. Um... 108 at Aintree, um, uh, Sam Twist and Davis and Richard Newland have the favourite. South Terrace, I do think this could be a good thing in a handicap, potentially off a mark of 127. Um, they like to target plenty of uh, winners at this meet, and I think they, they normally always seem to come away with at least two or three winners most years. Um, they've done well in this race before. This horse uh, won a race at Utoxter beating the likes of Sebastopol, who's no mug uh, for Tom Lacey. That's a, he's a nice horse. He is. He, to me, I just think he, he's got a lot more to come. He's only si a six-year-old. I think he's definitely got eight pound in hand of his mark, and I think he'll probably go off for about nine to four, potentially two to one on the day. I can see the money coming from him, so I think he's a really, really solid opposition. And over in Ireland, um, another good uh, weekend there at, at Nace, on Saturday, a few interesting um, races. Uh, in the beginner's chase, the 340, um, Mouse Morris has got a horse here called Indiana Jones, Derek Heathbutt, in the colours of uh, Rob Core Racing. Uh, makes his chase debut. He won well uh, last year, creating quite a good impression uh, over the hurdles at Cork. He comes from the family of French Dynamite that Connections know well, who does go well fresh. So maybe the family do have a good record going fresh. I don't know what price he's going to go off. Uh, I don't think you can get a price at the moment. But if you can maybe get about five to one on the day, something like that, I think he could be quite an interesting one to keep on side. Um, that's Indiana Jones there at Nace. So yeah, two, two uh, other fancies away from the races we covered for the Nice bit of variety um, across the pond. How about you, Mark? Are you looking at anybody else outside of this one? There is one horse running at entry in the bumper. I might have heard a little word for one, but there's no prices available. I can see people loading up loading up right now. Um, number three, Idem. Some the Russells, Tom Scudamore booked. A little bit of word for this one. So no price available right now, but it does go well at home. It's 12 to 1 in the tissue right now. 
to see if there's any money from the day, but just one to keep an eye on in the market. Hopefully that might be a nice little learner for somebody. How about you, Paul? Anybody else? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the to the Breeders' Cup, obviously, Friday and Saturday evening at Del Mar. I think in the 11 o'clock, the Breeders' Cup this time for fillies and mares. I think it's interesting. Frankie Vittorio was booked months ago for the Argentinian Blue Stripe, who's a winner of her last three starts. She's a bit of a price. She's around about the 33 to 1 mark. So I think Blue Stripe is interesting in the 11 o'clock at Del Mar on Saturday evening. Looking ahead then to the Breeders' Cup turf, I would take a chance on the Charlie Appleby trains at Walton Street. James Doyle takes them out. Where's cheek pieces? So might just need a bit of help early on. You'd imagine there's going to be plenty of pace on in the early stages. If Walton Street can lay up, if he can hold a position, nicely drawn a stall five, as is Yabir, who had, had a good win as I think it was Belmont last time out under Jamie Spencer. William Buick takes them out here. And of course, Walton Street had a good win at Woodbine. He's been kind of pretty much internationally campaigned of late. So I'm going to side at a bit of a price with, with Walton Street and third and final selection at the Breeders' Cup in the Classic. I quite like essential quality. There's just a small field. There's only nine runners, but by all means, looking at the race, there's going to be plenty of pace on. Essential quality has a tendency to race a little bit lazy, has the blinkers on to just try and help, to help the jockey along. So I think if you can hold a position, Again, in the early stages, I think essential quality will be staying on best when the others, I think, have pride enough at the end of that mile and two contest in the Classic on the early hours of Sunday morning. So that wraps us up for this week's racing. Thanks for listening as always. And don't forget to subscribe to the In The Saddle podcast on Apple and Spotify if you haven't already. And we're also on Twitter and Instagram with our handle at In The Saddle. You can also follow the lads' individual accounts too where they'll know how they would have more tips uh, as the weekend's racing unfolds. As they've said, there's a big bumper weekend, a racing ahead. So, um, yeah, that, that's us for this week. And hopefully you'll tune in next week and we will chat to you then. Hopefully you pick some winners. Thanks.